Well, good day. I'm Mark Sylvester, ambassador of 805 Connect, and your host for this 805 Conversation, where we talk to fascinating people you'll want to know better. Our show is sponsored by California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services. I want to thank them both for their support and encouragement. And thanks to our podcasting partner, Pull String Press. I just love working in this studio, and I'd love to introduce you to today's guest, Todd Pringle. Todd, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. You know, uh, Todd, tell it. You're you're the general manager and the vice president of product up at um, it, Deezer, but I'm I know it as Stitcher. So tell us. Yeah. What, tell what, what what does that mean? That sounds like a huge job. <laughs> so yeah, I was um, I was running product at Stitcher uh, for the last four or five years, and Stitcher is the biggest podcast listening platform besides iTunes um, and biggest on Android. And uh, yeah, so it's really my role has been about sort of developing the product, which is mainly mobile apps uh, for iPhone and Android, but we also have um, web applications as well. But just a way to help people you know, discover and listen to great podcasts. So. Um, we were bought by a company called Deezer, which uh, is a music on-demand streaming company. Uh, you can think of it as a Spotify competitor. Uh, we were bought about a year ago, so hence kind of the um, Deezer and Stitcher. So uh, we've been working on integrating uh, some podcast listening functionality into the Deezer music app, but we also continue to uh, operate the, the Stitcher apps uh, as a separate brand and business. I'm. I've got so much I want to talk to you about. Um, so, in full disclosure, we're extended family, and uh, I was uh, doing some research on podcasting, and I saw that you were a guest speaker at a big podcasting conference. And hold it, I, I've eaten Thanksgiving dinner with this guy. So, um, I uh, thank you so much for being on because this the whole meteoric rise of podcasting is. Is, is such an important thing. We're on the, you know, as, a, as content producers here, um, making this show, learning about it, the opportunity to talk to someone who is at the, kind of at the nexus of, of this whole phenomenon is just, is a rare opportunity. So, so I really appreciate it. You, you've yeah, been doing, excited to hear you're doing a podcast. Oh God. I, you know, uh, some, some folks have said I was, I was born to do this. Um, <laughs> my, my mom had said if I, when I was 12, if I didn't shut up, my little brother was never going to learn how to talk. So this is, uh, this is just great for me. And having, having long form conversation is important. Tell me, I had two ways to go. One is the technology side uh, and maybe we'll start with that. But the other I want to get to is um, why it's becoming has become so important, and and why we're still just at the ground floor. So I want to talk about the technology. Um, what is it about, and, and specifically the listening experience that you focus on at Stitcher? Because we we've got you know the subscribe on Stitcher right on our all of our podcast page. What what is it you do that makes that experience better? What are you thinking about? Yeah, of course. So I think, you know, early on for us, um, and the company's been around for about eight years now, but, um, you know, when we started out eight years ago, the podcast domain was, uh, it was very geeky, right? Um, you know, Apple sort of invented the 
the product. Um, and it's interesting, one of the products that I, they didn't do a great job on just sort of the consumer side of it and making it easy for people to consume. People mm. had to, you know, sync to their computer, hook up yes. their iPod and I download remember. episodes. And yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was really clunky. And, um, you know, I think for sort of mainstream users, you know, people who, for example, you know, listen to talk radio in their cars, um, many of them just couldn't couldn't get into right. um, or across some of the technology right. hurdles there. So for us, what we said was, you know, initially, hey, we want to just make it easy for people to find the content um, all in one place and, and then be able to play it um, through streaming. So instead of having to download and sync, we were sort of the first podcast company to, to stream podcasts. Oh. Um, we had to do a lot of stuff early on, as you would imagine, you know, Back in those days, it was edge networks and slow um, mobile connections, and so we had to do a lot of optimization to make it work well. But um, that in itself was sort of a big, you know, breakthrough, um, you know, in, in, in the way people sort of could engage with the content. Um, and that's how we got started. And I think over time, you know, as we've seen sort of this explosion in content, it's been amazing. Right. Um, it, one of the bigger challenges, as, as you know, is just sort of helping people find um, and discover content that's relevant to them. And so we've put a lot of effort into, you know, how do we, both in an editorial way, um, as well as an algorithmic way, help people discover um, new content that they love. Okay, let's so, okay, because I, I personally care about that a lot because I want to be discovered. So there's, you said, um, editorially, and then algorithmically, tell tell us what those mean to you. Yeah. So um, on the editorial side, you know, we do a few things. You know, we uh, we obviously have some some standard marketing mechanisms, and those are you know email to to listeners, so we can um, market podcasts they might like um, via email. We also do um, push alerts in in the app, and we'll do things like. Um, you know, for example, the comedy um, podcasters are um, a very interconnected group, and they often, um, as you probably know, have you know each other as guests on their all show. All the time, you know, Adam Carolla, Beyond sure. Mark Marin, and all that sort of stuff. Right. And so we would you know do a lot of promotion around that. Hey, you listen to Adam Carolla; he's on uh-huh. The Nerdist this week. You know, um, but you know, that's just one example, and sort of cross promote um, new shows to people based on relevant guests and that sort of stuff. So. We'll do that, um, and then one of the things we do as well is we um, we have a front page in the app, which you can think of kind of like a Facebook feed of audio content, um, mm-hmm. and it's a mixture of you know new episodes of things you've already favorited, um, recommendations based on the algorithm, which I'll talk more about, um, and then curated um, clips or segments from shows that lean a little bit towards news and headlines, mm-hmm. um, that sort of stuff, but also can be um, you know, more, uh, you know, um, storytelling or, um, just interesting stories that aren't necessarily hard news. So, um, so that's, that's been an interesting area for us, um, to explore, which is the, one of the big barriers that many people have for podcasts is, is, uh, to be honest, the, the length of them. So especially oh. new listeners come in and they, um, you know, they see, you know, a show that's an hour long, they might I don't I don't know enough about that show to invest an hour to figure out if I like right. it. And so right. we've been working with partners, um, you know, big and small, to 
um, do things like extract, you know, great, you know, five minute segments from the shows and mm. help them, you mm. know, and editorialize those and put those on the front page as a, as a way to, um, just, you know, expose people to new content. Um, and we find that many of them will then end up favoriting the show and listening to full episodes. And, um, but as an industry podcast, have not they've done a, an amazing job on long form content clearly and a lot of the you know radio shows as you know that have been out there um that are now in podcast form are of of that um yes. type uh what what hasn't done as well as some of the short form stuff so we've invested some effort in that um and then we've we've spent a lot of time sort of on the tech side working on a uh collaborative filtering algorithm you know very similar to what you know Amazon and others do Netflix um to help recommend shows based on um, correlations between the shows and, and listeners. And that's been really successful. I think, you know, on average, um, half the pe- half of our users each month uh, listen to a show that was recommended to them through the system. So um, hmm. it really does help people um, discover new stuff. Are you always, I, I would think you're fine tuning that algorithm all the time. Definitely. Yeah. So there's a, it's interesting. There's a, a Netflix, um, sort of framework, technology framework um, really? that they use back when they did their Netflix challenge. Um, right, I that remember that. Is a you know basically a system by which they would they could evaluate the entrance into that you know win a million dollars by improving mm-hmm, Netflix mm-hmm. recommendations and it's so it's a sort of a, a great framework for improving your your recommendations. So we've we've done a, b- a bunch of optimization using that. The uh, CTO for Netflix is a Tedster. In fact, all the senior leadership of Netflix are longtime Tedsters, and we've become good friends. And I just love how they have opted continually optimizing the viewing experience. So I think of you as my yeah. guy there, who's continually optimizing my listening experience. What is the so we, we've talked about a few of the things to make it easy to find content? Because how many? How many shows are on your platform now? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. When I joined about five years ago, I think we had 5,000 shows. And right. um, we're probably approaching 50,000 shows now. So it's, uh, it's 10x in, in five years. So it's, it's been a, an incredible growth curve on the content production side. We, you know, we, we onboard um, anywhere from 1,500 to 2,000 shows a month now. Oh, my gosh. And we've been up uh, for two months now, so we're one of those. And, uh, we, you know, <laughs> exactly. it, it, it was interesting. I had to uh, make it easy because not, you know, my audience skews. I've got digital natives and digital immigrants, and they, you know, they don't really know how to do it. So I've got a built-in yep. player. You know, I use a SoundCloud player right on, on our page. But I really want people to subscribe so they automatically get episodes pushed to them, your alerts and those kind exactly. of things. And there's, you know, the whole Apple ecosystem. That's easy. I put a subscribe on iTunes link. But that is, I was looking around trying to figure out what is the, that one non-Apple platform that's ubiquitous across and it's Stitcher. And so I've just got those yep. two. And do you find um, iPhone people use Stitcher as opposed to the the native podcast app? Yeah, we we definitely do. Um, you know, we there we have a, a an ability when people come into the app as new users to um, if they have a pod if they're using podcasts on their iOS device right. to scan the um, podcast library and import it. 
uh, into into their Stitcher favorites, and we find that about you know thirty percent of our new users um, are people who fit that mold. So mm-hmm. um, we do get a lot of people from the Apple Podcast app. You know, it's a uh, they 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 have improved it um, in the last you know six months or so, but it's it's been one of their worst rated apps oh, for really? a very long time. Well, so that gives you um, that gives you some uh, some uh, breathing room there. You can. Build. So, what, what, yeah. when you're comparing the two of them, what is it that you do differently, or you do better, um, in, in because you have this such a focus on the listening experience? Yeah, I mean, I to, to me, I think um, we have hopefully made it easier just for people to navigate and to to organize their podcasts. Um, but I think the big thing that they don't do a lot of um, on the discovery side. Um, uh-huh. You know, they obviously have like the podcast store where they, um, you can go and much like the app stores, right, see right. podcasts that they feature. But um, a lot of people don't necessarily do that. They're looking for a way, sort of within the context of their own listening experience within the app, to find new stuff. So, you know, for example, on Stitcher, you know, you can listen to something and then see, you know, right below it, you know, five shows that are related that other listeners mm. um, also like, um, you know, stuff like that. And I, you know, a lot of the podcast apps, for whatever reason, haven't done a lot of that. I think, um, and I think this is a fundamental issue with the the industry as a whole. Is it's been, um, you know, relatively, you know, I don't want to say like geek focused a little bit. It hasn't really broken out um, into more mainstream listenership, and um, you know, I think that is, you know, it's part of this uh, problem where, as you know, you get sort of you know, early adopters using stuff mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. take their feedback and you add in all these features that, that early adopters want and you end up creating products that, um, you know, are, are even harder to sort of transition over to mainstream users because right. they're, they're really optimized for, uh, um, you know, Geeks. an early adopter audience. And I think podcasts yeah. are, you know, really fit that mold. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I'm going to switch to another part of the technology side which is the measuring all the metrics and as uh you know someone who's creating a podcast and we we talk about this and we're actually looking to um create a you know a new service where we do episodics for um clients right create you know a series of eight to twelve shows or things like that and so they wanted you know the the only thing they know to ask is how many downloads do you have and i think that that's you know Clearly, that's an easy one to get. Um, one of the things that I've been asked, and I'm trying to figure out if, if anybody knows this, how long people listen? What's the attention span? Do you is, is that something you track or can't track, or is it on your radar? Yeah, so um, you can actually see that for your shows in our partner portal, um, oh. which you should have access to once you sign up. Um, you should be able to log in, and you can see... You know, we've we've long sort of iTunes, as you you may may know, like they have, they've done a really poor job of um, making a lot of stats available to right. people, right. Um, exactly. to content producers. So that's long been sort of a a complaint from the the producer ecosystem. Um, so we we try to we, we continue to try and um, help with that. So we we give you a portal where you can see you know downloads and listens um which is which is obviously a key stat um for each episode um for each of your shows um and you can also see things like how many people have added it to their favorites list which is the equivalent of subscribe in, in stitcher 
Um, you can see things like completion rates. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, what, um, you know, what percentage of the show gets completed, um, mm-hmm. listened to on average. So, um, so yeah, you, there's, there's definitely, um, you know, we're doing that. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't, I think Apple provides that. Um, I don't know if, um, I don't know if places like SoundCloud um, provide that or not, but. So, okay. So that, that helped this. Cause again, I feel like at, at 50,000 episodes, or 50,000 shows, we really are still at the beginning of this. If we look back at the blog metrics when, you know, Blogger came out and, you know, everybody had a blog and now that's, you know, so 2010. Um, It's now about having a podcast and I feel like we are at the ground floor. Do 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 you think we're, you know, even though it's 10 years in, we're still really at the ground floor because we haven't broken out of that, that niche geek nerd uh, listener, I do. I really do. I think you know it's been an interesting, you know, evolution for the industry. Obviously, you know, when, when it started, there was a lot of hype and a lot of VC investment, and none of that panned out. And mm. um, it was sort of a scarlet letter. When we went out and raised venture money, we never used the word podcast. Really? <laughs> because it was just yeah. What did you say? That you um, we said on-demand radio. That's um, that, talk I, radio. I, yeah, 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 um, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, really, kind of framed it as uh, an opportunity to migrate, um, you know, people who listen to this content on terrestrial radio over to an on-demand world, which obviously has happened in other media, music, video, TV, etc. Right. But you know, radio has been a, a laggard um, a lot because of the you know the, so much listening happens in the car, and it's a relatively right. simple experience in the car. Um, you know, but, but in any event, it, it, you know, we sort of avoided it. And, um, I would say, you know, it kind of started to pick up steam a little bit and, you know, um, you know, 2011, but really, I think in the last 18 months, I've seen as much, um, interest on sort of, you know, the content side on the media company side from listeners, you know, things like serial breaking out, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, that, that I've seen in my whole time working on the industry. So I, I, I've always felt like it's, um, you know, it's on the cusp of breaking out, but has, has not yet. And so, you know, by definition, I think it's still early stages. The, I think I, so yes, it is the ground floor. I'm, I'm curious. I'm going to go back to how long they listen. Um, what, what people will get this idea to do a podcast, and then they do several shows, and then they, you know, they abandon it. What is that? Yep. Um, do you have some sense of, of, you know, the from the content side, how how many do they do? And then it's like, boy, if they could break through thirty episodes, then you know they're going to have some staying power. Is there you know, a number? That's a good question. I don't. I don't think we've seen like a any any specific metric around that. Um, you know, some of them go on for years and years and have very small audiences. Um, you know, and and never break out. Um, you know, some of them, like you say, like you know, we'll do a couple episodes and then um, and not do it for years, and then we'll come back and want to restart it. And we see that a lot these days with people mm. who used to do them, and you know, kind of see like a lot of a lot more interest and. You know, monetization around um, you know podcasts now, and they're, they're coming back to it and thinking, how can I um, get back into it? So, but I, you know, it's a, it's a great question. I don't think we've ever you know seen any data that suggests you know like if you can get to X episodes or X number of, of listeners, um, you know, then you have staying power. 
That would that would be an interesting one. It's it's it also not necessarily how many, but the quality of them. We talk here at Pull String. We talk about mm-hmm. super listeners, and who is that? Yep. You know that person who's you know passing the show along and and helping grow. Do you have a sense because you're you're tracking favorites? Do you have a sense of um, as the abandon rate of shows? So I go and listen to a show, and then like I'm I'm finding I get tired a little bit of the formats of some that I we used to listen to religiously, and I I yep. don't know if it's because there's um, new shows all the time, and your darn recommendation engine says, oh, you might like this, and then not only do I like it, I fall in love with the show. And I, I mean, I don't have forty hours a day to listen. You know, I'm. Um, yeah. I just do it while I'm cooking or, or you know, doing gardening. How are we fixing yeah, that like challenge? Really, it's tough. I don't know. That's like, I mean, it's one of the blessings and curses of, of podcasts, really. As you know, it's like I, everybody you talk to who's like a, you know, a dedicated podcast listener has the same problem of like. Hey, you know, I like, I commute 30 minutes, you know, each way. And that's really the time that I have to listen. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, but there's so many great shows and, you know, I just can't get to them all or, you know, um, you know, what, what I would say is the, you know, we obviously have rankings of shows, um, uh, that we do. It's called the Stitcher list on our website and in the app where, you know, the shows are ranked by popularity. Um, right. And and they tend to you know they tend to be pretty pretty consistent um, you know obviously people um, break in to to the top 100 um, regularly but um, but you know so I I, I think um, you know in general the shows that have staying power do have staying power and loyalty and I think that's one of the you know one of the strengths of the medium is that you know people are very loyal and habitual about their, their listening to, to podcasts. Um, and, you know, they develop sort of very personal relationships with the, the host right, right. Um, and, um, and, and feel, feel that sense of loyalty and, and do, do come back and listen much more than other kind of media types. So, Well, in a small town like I live in here in Santa Barbara, we there's six podcasters and, um, my partner here at Pull String, uh, when I r- I know I'm going to run into him at coffee, and I want to make sure I've listened to the latest show they've put up because <laughs> I say, hey, did you hear that great interview? And uh, I want to say, yeah, absolutely, I did. And because there's, the, you know, if I could sit in a coffee shop and just had great conversations all day long, it's and then record them. That's kind of what podcasting is uh, to me in in a yep. lot. Uh, it's, you know, getting to sit with, well, like I said, at the top of the show, fascinating people you want to know better and getting that opportunity to feel like you really know them in a, you know, in a, in a really deep way. So I'm going to ask a, go off on a, a different tangent here, which is, um, what have you found works to, um, with the people who are just trying to adopt, get into podcasting? How do you, is there a, quick and easy how do you get started and this is as a listener uh, because we have a lot of people who go oh, I've, I've never listened oh I, I 805 conversation that sounds interesting I'd like to do that and then you start to well you download this and then you do this and then you do that where is that changing where is that going to change so it's as easy as turning on the radio yeah I mean I think that's I think that's 
been part of the historical challenge. So um, we've spent a lot of time optimizing the onboarding flow for the product where, um, you know, when, when you come in, you can express sort of interest in, you know, whether it's categories like news or sports um, or brands like, you know, ESPN or BBC, um, you know, or if you know specific shows already, like This American Life, you can sort of select right. these things. Um, and then we'll build sort of a, you know, a personalized stream for you that has mm. um, recommendations in those genres right out of the gate. So, um, so we try and make it as easy as possible for people to, um, you know, to get them to things that they that they might like um, with sort of minimal effort, um, and you know that works. That has worked really well, um, you know, as a way to kind of you know get people over the hump of, you know, and then you know they can see all these these things, and hopefully one engages their interest, and they um, can just play it right there, um, you know, very quickly, um, and sort of immediately get the value proposition of being able to listen to. Um, maybe some shows that they know from the radio, but listen to them on demand and, um, you know, whenever they want to. So, uh, but it, you know, that's, that's one example, I think, um, as an industry, um, that, that is a big challenge and how do we, um, right. get those people who are, you know, listening to NPR for, for 30 minutes a day in their car, how do we get them over to, um, to on demand and to, to podcasts? You know, you've been in tech your whole career, and as have I, and when we're living and breathing that, we, we forget, you know, there's the people go, oh, no, I've heard of it. I mean, I, I was on the phone two days ago with someone who's never watched a TED Talk. And that, yeah. in in 2015, I'm like, what, really? You've, and, you know, it's the eighth most visited website. No idea. I was like, okay, Mark, re- remember that, right? So don't just assume. I ask a different question uh, on this that thirty minute window that someone has. Do you find that it, do you have any kind of metrics that would back up the short form versus long form? And I'll say short is less than a half hour and long more than a half hour um, as you know an indicator of a successful show will be approximately this long. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm I'm a big believer that uh, there's there's a room for both, um, and um, an audience for both. And yeah. I, I, much like there's Twitter and there's Medium, I think yes. you know it's just uh, you know at different times you want different things. And I, my my bigger picture is just that like the the podcast industry has really super served long form um, content mm-hmm. and listening. Mm-hmm. Um, since its sort of inception, and it's really not done much, if anything, for you know, short form. And I think, you know, as you know, like in particular, younger people, um, but also just busy people, they want, um, you know, sometimes they want like a quick synopsis, and they want like a, a few interesting things in, in a short period. And podcasting typically and historically has not not done a great job at that. So, right, right. Um, you know, I think we see. You know, and like I said, you know, many of the the short form short form segments that we have are from long form shows, um, and you know, people listen to both. Um, they'll hmm. listen to the segment and they'll listen to the the longer episode. So they're not mutually exclusive either. I think it's you know, sort of what fits into your time, um, you know, and and what do you feel like? Um, and I, you know, the, the same person can can like two different things. So. Um, as you know, like the, like the comedy podcasters are, those guys talk for like three hours Oh my God! Um, and people listen to those yep. things I and mean, yep. they, they yep. love them and you know, they'll, you know, listen for an hour and then 
listen for another hour and finish the shows. And so, um, you know, again, I think it's it's sort of a mood thing. You know, it's like different, you know, um, types of music people want at different times of the day. Um, it's the same thing with podcasts to me. Is satellite radio dead? <laughs> Great question. Um, you know, I mean, it's interesting because, you know, SiriusXM, if, if you look at on a pure subscriber basis, um, is is kind of the biggest subscription, um, you know, music company in the world. Um, I think they have something like 25,000 subscribers. You know, I think Spotify today has maybe, you know, 20, so they're getting close. But um, it's had incredible staying power. And I think, you know, part of that is... Um, you know, that they, they do a good job programming um, and making it very easy for people to just pick up, you know, sure. whether it's a decade like the 80s for music or ESPN radio or whatever, um, you just, you know, tap it and play. And they've done a great job on a particular distribution channel, which is obviously the car. Um, and right. so, like, that, that has, you know, afforded them a lot of success. You know, they obviously have a cost structure with the satellites that, that is not um, something that scales well. Mm. Um, they also, you know, th- there's a reason why SiriusXM is not international. It's because they can't afford to launch satellites to cover international. And so they're really at a crossroads where they, um, you know, they need, they know they need to move um, to be more internet distributed. Um, they're starting to do some of that stuff, but that's not their DNA. Um, right, and I don't think right. have the people there right now in order to, to do that. And then they have sort of the innovator's dilemma of, you know, they've got this cash cow of their existing product and, you know, trying to disrupt that um, with something new is hard for companies like that. So um, I don't know. I don't think they're dead. I think they're, you know, they're making a lot of money. Um, I, I think the question is, can they make the transition that they need to make in, in time to, you know, continue on? I the reason I asked that is um, I just got my serious bill for the car and I'm thinking I rarely listen to it now that I've got that the Bluetooth connectivity to the car is so great and there's so much to listen to and you guys have added all the radio and I mean everything that I can get on Sirius I can get on Stitcher right yep and and I've got the Bluetooth, and I've got you know my. Except data. for Howard, except for Howard Stern, we can't can't quite afford to get him. <laughs> well, I didn't pay that extra nine bucks a month or twenty bucks a month or whatever it was to listen to Howard. Um, but yeah. you're right, and and if he were to ever leave, I think that would be the the final nail in that coffin. And yeah. it's kind of yeah. like um, uh, on the video side, there's this whole cord cutting movement, right? Which yep. is for people who yep. don't know what cord cutting is, it's you're getting off of cable. And because everything you can get, you can get on demand now. And I, I find myself in the, the little time I do have to watch, it's Netflix, Amazon Prime, Apple TV. And I was watching last night and thinking, why the heck am I watch? Why do I pay Cox 175 bucks a month? You know, when I don't, I don't need to do that. So anyway, it's interesting because I, I and again, yeah. I, I see this, this platform because I've got, when I've got the podcast, I'm listening, I stop and start and stop and start. It's always nice. It knows where I am. I can pick it up anywhere else. I can go, I can put yeah. it on the Apple TV. I mean, it's all, it's all great. So I'm going to move over to, um, I want to talk about the, the marketing and the, just how explosive this is as a way to communicate with an audience. And I'd love to hear a story. What I'm particularly interested in is 
there's the personality driven shows, right? There's news and, and all of that. But do you know yep. of any examples where someone has said much like, okay, uh, our company is going to do a blog and we're now going to start blogging on a regular basis. And it's really about the company and the personalities and all of that. So it has, it's, it's, I think it's on the fringe of what podcasting is, but I think it's a big deal where a brand would say, we're going to do a podcast and it might be talking to our employees, talking to our customers, talking to, you know, yep. all, all kinds of people. Do you have some examples of that? I'm really interested in that. Yeah, so um, so there's definitely I think more and more of this happening, um, you know, and we have uh, we've we've sort of fostered it ourselves because oh. we we've actually um, had uh, companies come to us, um, you know, that that want to um, advertise or reach the Stitcher audience, um, but they want to do it in a, a more native feeling way. So, for example, we did. Um, some podcasts with uh, Goldman Sachs um, and also Adobe, um, where they are creating, you know, content basically um, that we are promoting. You think of like native advertising, or um, you know, but it feels very natural in the flow of of listening. Um, and they're they're trying to cover topics in a way that you know are, are interesting to a, a mainstream audience. Um, versus doing pure advertising, um, right, right, exactly. And we also did something similar, yeah, with with uh, GE, where um, you know we sort of connected them with uh, you know some uh, like a podcaster in the technology space who who does a lot of tech interviews and that mm -hmm. sort of stuff, mm -hmm. and um, and had a series where they interviewed GE engineers and and people at GE on it, some of the innovative stuff that they're doing. Um, so I, I think there's there are it's very early early days on that, but I think um, companies are already starting to um, look at it as a way to, to reach audiences in a you know a much more natural, right. less advertising centric way, right. um, you know, and present their brand to the audience in a way that they want. So obviously you don't have to worry about ad blocking and all these sorts of things that you, that people right. are trying to, have to worry about elsewhere. So I think it's podcasting probably stands to benefit quite a bit from that stuff. I, I think it's a fascinating new opportunity if you absolutely believe that a brand is about having stimulating conversations with your audience and having a cast is a great way to put a voice on a brand and get a personality around the brand, especially you get the right, you know, the right host and all of that kind of thing. It's the kind of thing I'd actually listen to. I'm, I'm thinking specifically of Gimlet Media which is yep. um, started by a guy who left um, This American Life. And they're, yep. you know, they did the startup show, which was wildly successful. And then they've got yeah, great. Uh, oh, they have three more shows. But what they did specifically that I, I couldn't believe when I first heard it was they figured out a way to reinvent the radio ad and turn it yep. into a um, what, minute or two minute story and Ford is one of their sponsors, and they go and interview, uh, like the one that comes to mind is the audio guy, the audio engineer at Ford, who's listening to all the sounds in the car and how to mitigate muffle and, and uh, just, th he thinks about the sound of the car. And yeah. 
I was like, oh my God, I, I didn't want to fast forward. I want to listen to that. And every single one they do is different because part of what I don't like is when you have that same ad that runs over and over and over again. That's why I like yeah. live reads, right? Because a live read is you get the personality of the person. But I think that there's, if we extend that and say, does the brand have a story to tell? Do they have the content? Then is this in fact the uh, an optimal medium for that, which is why I was going back to, is there a, you know, is it 10 minutes, is it 50 minutes, is it 20 minutes, is it, you know, what what do yeah. you do episodically that is engaging that someone's kind of, you know, those are, they're just good shows and I want to listen to them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think there's a lot of that stuff starting to happen. I think Gimlet um, has done like a nice evolution of, of the live read, which some of them historically can be a little bit sort of rote, um, yeah. but they're getting creative with it. And I think, um you know, I think that stuff will work um, really well. It's hard to scale, you know, as you know, versus yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously just a standard audio ad that you can drop in, but um, but it's very valuable. Um, so I like I, I see a lot of innovation happening in, in that sort of stuff in the next year or two. I was um, our partner here at Pullstring, Patrick, was saying that one of the things about the podcasts and ads is that people tend to not fast forward through them. It's just like, okay, you know, yep. they listen to them. So that as opposed yep. to, I don't pay attention to that ad on the side of a website or I use my TiVo and fast forward through the ad that we're not seeing that phenomenon on podcasting. Would you echo that? Yeah, it's absolutely true from all the metrics that, that we have on the ads that we run. Um, and I think, you know, it's a, it's a combination of it. You know, it's a very native feeling um, ad, you know, mm, unlike mm, a lot of mm. ads out there in the digital space where it's just, it's very natural. Um, there's fewer ads than, you know, terrestrial radio. So it's not, not burdensome today. Um, and, and honestly, a lot, you know, 95% of our listening is on mobile devices and um, 90, 90%? You know, often 95%. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, so you know, often you are, you have your phone in your pocket and you're just listening and, and walking or riding. Um, and so you're not, you know, you're, versus obviously sitting in front of your TV with a remote in your hand, it's right. very easy, uh, to, to pass forward to stuff, but, um, you with, with the phone, um, and the use cases that people have when they're listening, you know, it's just not, it's not that big a deal to listen to a 30 second spot. So, yeah, you just, yeah, exactly. Do you think there's a lot of, um, to get meta for a second, there's a lot of podcasts about podcasting. Um, I'm really, <laughs> it's just it's crazy. Um, and I, I've been listening, I was one of the early adopters way back in the day listening to Ricky Gervais and his show. And uh, now I listen to a show called Showrunner, which is for podcast producers. And I think it, they do a good job of that. Um, for people that are interested in that, what, what kind of educational material does do you guys provide? Do you do any of that, or do you just point people to good places to go learn about how to do this? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. It's just not not an area that we have, um, you know, put a lot of effort into really uh, anywhere in the apps or on our website or anything. And I think part of that is just there's been so much content that like getting content and content creation has not, not been right. one of our challenges. Right, right. You're bathing um, in it. So we, yeah. So we really sort of focused on more of the, 
you know, consumer adoption side and what are the barriers there and what are the things that we can do to um, get more people listening to podcasts. And um, so, we, you know, we haven't done as much there. Um, uh, so probably not, I'm probably not the best person. I know there's a lot of platforms out there that, um, you know, when I was at that podcast conference you mentioned, you know, there was a bunch of them there, Spreaker right. and, right. Um, you know, Audio Boom, And, like, there, there's a lot of them that are in SoundCloud to a degree, like, are trying to make um, the content creation side easier and get people up to speed um, really quickly. But, again, like, that's just – that has not been a challenge for the industry. I think, you know, um, more of a challenge is, like, with all these sorts of content um, plays is – you know, is is quality of the content and getting good production on the shows, and um, you know, really making them sound professional. Just like you know, writing a blog. You know, and <laughs> things need to be spelled well. You know, it's like I think that's been more of the yeah. um, more of the challenge in just pure you know amount of content. What's the holy grail for your industry? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, for us, it's. It's about really, you know, being a big part of this transition from terrestrial to on-demand digital listening. And so, um, you know, we've invested a lot, for example, in automotive. Um, you know, we are, in, you know, the second most automotive integrations behind Pandora. Um, you know, we're in GM, Ford, BMW, Mini, Jaguar, Land Rover, Volvo, nice. Mazda, Subaru. Um, we're on CarPlay for Apple. We're on Android Auto. Um, nice. And, and that... That stuff has not, um, you know, it's very early days from the consumer adoption side. As right, you know, like right, the cycle for, sure, for people buying new cars is <laughs> much longer than buying new iPhones. Mm-hmm. Um, so it takes a little while. But um, but strategically, you know, again, that's where a lot of the listening to this type of content happens. And so um, we put a lot of effort into into being there um, so that when people do make this transition, um, we're, we're an option for, for people listening. Um, but I mean, the, the spoken word radio hmm. market, you know, is huge. It's, you know, it's seven to nine billion dollars in advertising. And, you know, unlike, you know, um, a lot of other media types where the, a lot of the spending has migrated to digital, um, a much smaller amount of the spend has migrated um, in, in talk spoken word radio to digital. And so I think there's just still a, a huge growth curve um, ahead of us. I'm. Uh, I have got my seat belt low and tight, my tray table in the upright position because I'm ready to take off. I tell you, it's, I, I'm. I, I have more conversations about this than anything else recently, and you know, I'm in you know the software business, and I create these large connected networks of you know lots of different kinds of audiences. And due to the success of this show and our 805 Connect project, I you know suggest to some of our clients that you thought about. You know, instead of focusing on doing a, a newsletter or forum post or blogging, why don't we do a regular show and talk to the audience that way? And everybody loves the idea. So that's where I was kind of kind of going in that. So, Todd, thank you so much for, you know, giving us a little peek into your world. And we, we love that we, we're on Stitcher and love that you spent some time with us t- talking about it and, and make this interesting for our listeners. So yeah, how do um, t- how do people pleasure. what's the how do people download the app and and that uh, just this might be the first time uh, that they've considered doing something other than a native app on their phone how would they go get it 
Yeah, of course. If you want to check it out, it's in the, the App Store or the Google Play Store. You can just search for Stitcher and um, download it there. You can also go to our website, stitcher.com, and um, get the link there to download. So, uh, yeah, super easy. Great. And feel free to um, send us feedback at uh, uh, feedback at stitcher.com. Um, any issues you run into or you can, uh, I'm on Twitter at Todd Pringle, so um, feel free to tweet at me too. Easy to find you. So one of the things we get to do, Todd, on the show, as you know, um, if someone's looking at a long episode list, uh, they're just scanning that to see if this is something they want to read. In fact, if your algorithm is looking at that, uh, we we know that the importance of the episode name is not, I mean, it, it's critically important. And so what we do at the end of each show is we allow the guests uh, first dibs on naming the episode. So what should we call this show? Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, something, something about... Uh, um, podcast, don't be scared, right? I don't know, something that's kind of like, you know, let's break the ice here on, you know, listening to podcasts um, or podcast explained, you know, something along those lines, I don't know, or podcast the future. Oh, there we go. We, we um, Patrick and I did a, we actually did a webinar early in the spring. We were just considering doing this show and we called it the golden age of podcasting, and it is still, yep. and it was Good. just a webinar, but then I uploaded the audio, and it went into the stream, and it's my second most listened to episode. Crazy. Yeah, that's a great title. And, and to your point, um, that is definitely something that we see um, making a big difference is, is the quality of the, the episode title and the description yes. of the show. And even some of the big guys do a, a really crappy job, honestly, of, um, the metadata for their shows, and, and it, it does make a difference. There is a uh, company here in town called Cielo 24, one of our sponsors that does um, captioning, and so they're working on uh, captioning because, you know, the SEO value of all of this content is all, yep. there's a big deal there. So a lot there. Todd, thank you so much, and I want to also thank Again, California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services, and our podcasting partner, Pull String Press. I, I, every other Friday, I love spending my morning here recording, and Cielo 24, who provides the searchable captions for our show. The 805 Connect project is supported by partners and sponsors throughout the region. I want to thank them as well. More information on our partners at 805connect.com. And we can use your support much as Todd was talking about favoriting us, subscribing to us, giving us a review, uh, giving us writing in some comments. I read every single one of them. In fact, you can write me personally to mark at 805connect.com. Let me, let me know what you liked about this show. Uh, did you learn something? Were you inspired to do something? Or if there's a topic you'd like me to uh, talk about in the future, uh, I get most of my suggestions come from introductions through email. So thank you uh, very much for that. We appreciate it. So until next time, this is Mark Sylvester, your host for 805 Conversations.